enterprise continues Stop letting people talk you out of your power. How do we build a movement that allows us to respond to all the names that people don't know? People begin to think it's isolated. That's the problem. We're not angry enough. This is Life After the Impact, a podcast for impacted families by impacted families that focuses on what happens after the media, the lawyers, and the activists are gone. When the cameras are gone, people leave. We have to be there for each other. Impacted families are left to face the loss of a loved one to police-sponsored violence. We will focus on their continued fight for justice and how you can get involved. I tell families, you know, fight. Everybody can do something that you don't have to sit home and feel helpless and hopeless. We gotta stop allowing people to talk about our power. That's the main thing. can't change overnight. If your vote didn't matter, why are they fighting so hard to keep your vote away from you? We have um, the restoration of rights. You have to get your restoration of rights. If you were a returning citizen, you have to mm -hmm. petition to get your rights restored. The first thing that Governor Yunkin did when he got into office is he implemented a board to review each person's request for the restoration of rights. This is a direct attack on black and brown people's voting rights because he knows he can pan pick three friends of his to, to approve these requests. And again, I implore you, if your vote did not matter, they would not be attacking so hard to keep you from voting. You may not care about politics, but your landlord does, and that's how they keep your rent high. You may not care about politics, but your health insurance does. That's how they keep your premiums high. You may not care about politics, but your boss does. And that's how they keep your payload. Everyone around you cares about politics and they command and control your life. And you don't care about politics. And so you sit under their thumb and their control. But the moment we pull ourselves together, the moment we mobilize our communities like we did in 2020, we show them that together we are more powerful and that we do care about our rights and you will not take our rights away. That is correct. Good evening. My name is Roxanne Johnson. My son's name is Jamal Bird. He was killed by uh, Metropolitan Police October 1st. 2019. I'm joined this evening by my lovely co-host Latoya. Good evening, Latoya. Hi, good evening, good evening, you guys. My name is Latoya. I am the mother of the beautiful Xavier Hill. Xavier was killed at the tender age of 18 by two Virginia State troopers. Um, tonight, we are joined with April. Um, I'm not saying the last name Godwin, that's correct, right? Mm -hmm. I so as you guys know, um, you know, the last year we had different episodes I wanted to, as far as episodes with families and whatnot. April, come do a brief introduction of yourself prior to getting started with what, what um, the episodes going to be about, please. Yes, um, I'm April. I am with Black Lives Matter DC. I'm also an organizer with um, MXGM DC. Um, and um, we talked um, sometime last year, gosh, it's already been that many months, um, about the importance of political education. Um, and that one of the ways that we arm our communities with the information um, needed to empower people, not just to bring campaigns to people to join, but to really listen to the voice of people and what is needed um, so that we can work in solidarity to actually change things, change the material conditions. Um, and so in between these moments of, um, whether it be a protest or, or something that happens and kind of ignites everything, that we've built a base of people that are skilled up, that are you know involved already in between so that we aren't starting from scratch every single time. So understanding and learning about what organizing actually is, because we throw that work around a lot, um, it really ends up being incredibly important to the work that we do. Absolutely. Before we get started, um, um, when I lost my son back in 2019, um, 
April and her um, organization, I'm trying not to get too emotional, but it's very emotional, were there for me and my family. And I am eternally grateful um, for that. And I'm eternally grateful for grassroots organizations because if not for grassroots organizations, I don't know, I probably, I don't even want to think about where I would be. But I, I'm eternally grateful to you, April, and to Black Lives Matter DC. I want to say that before we get started. Now, this evening, we want to, we want to make this as educational as possible, right? right? And so we want to be interactive. You know, we, you know, people are watching us on Facebook Live. Hey, y'all, how y'all doing? And so we want to make this as interactive. You can ask questions. We want to try to stop during the during the um, presentation so that we can get a good uh, understanding in this year of education. That's what we've themed our year, right? right. Um, you want to add anything, Latoya? Um, real fast, um, before we get started, with you guys, as we said. Just to reiterate one more time, we are here. It's going to be a different kind of episode because we talk all the time about what we're going to do, but we have to actually do the work. So we got to be able to pull these powerful people together and the people who you actually know, use those people in order to educate your community. So grab your notepad out. I got lines out because we say all the time, you know, we don't know everything. So we're here. Um, the whole thing is if you have any questions at all, y'all put it in the comments so we can begin chatting with each other and learning and to educate each other as how we move forward. Before we do that, we want to do a brief recap one more time about 2023 and the purpose of what we did last year and why we are moving 2024 in this way. Mel, you want to go with video, please? As y'all saw in the video itself, it's set up there. 2024 is about education. Um, one of our top priorities was about, you know, fundamentals of organizing. Um, as April stated earlier in her introduction, who she was and as far as um, what organizing is. So, April, you want to go and take it away, please? I will. Well, the first thing I will say about organizing is the ability to be flexible. So, mm. I don't do not have my PowerPoint up, but um, that's probably okay because hopefully there'll be folks asking questions too. Um, I feel like this is just, I don't know what happened in the news, but I have a lot of people texting me. So um, uh, whatever, I don't know, whatever happened with Trump, but it brings up um, it brings up a, a, a good point to start, which is that um, things happen in the moment. Um, but what we know in the world that we live in right now is that there are so many things that are wild going on right now. Um, and we also know that marginalized groups are also more um, heavily or more directly impacted um, negatively by those things. Um, and so what we have to do um, is allow ourselves the space and opportunity um, to really look at what is going on, understand how it impacts us um, so that we can come up with, you know, community led ways to um, to uh, come together to 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 kind of address those things. 
Um, so first I want to start with um, just, oh, sorry. Uh-huh. Because you said what's going on in the news, right? Uh-huh. Um, Trump won, I guess, another state. He won. So I want you to kind of like tie that into what we're talking about some kind of way mm -hmm. as far as organizing this time. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Right. So I, I, I am not shy to say that there is a more than likely chance that Trump will be back in office. It's just the world we live in. Um, and, and part of that is because we're being out-organized. Like, I think we need to be very clear. We're being out-organized by the right. We're being out-organized by big, big money. Um, and we're being out-organized by uh, 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 different forms of capitalism um, that actually thrive off of like all of this wildness. Um, and so now would be the time Today is not the election, so we have time in advance to start really looking at what does it mean for us, um, given whichever way the situation is going to go, what does it mean for us um, to be prepared? What are all of the ways that we could be impacted? Um, so first, I, I want to talk about what is organizing. Again, we hear it all the time. We hear it um, talked about. We hear people deciding whether they're organizers or activists, um, but I like to say that Organizing is people taking collective action to demand, build, and secure power over their own lives and working to dismantle any system that prevents them from self-determination, autonomy, and wielding that power. Uh, this power is built through commitment, solidarity, and building relationships. And it's that last part that really I, that really um, allows us to build the kind of power um, that both empowers and is long lasting. Um, and so for me, organizing is a protracted struggle. And when we say protracted struggle, we're talking about organizing being, we are actually, this is a way of life for us that we realize is going to take years and years um, we will have wins along the way. We will be building along the way. Um, but it really is understanding that change happens over time um, and that we sometimes have wins and we should celebrate all of those wins. But we have to also learn from the ways that the government, um, most specifically, um, tends to change kind of like chameleon to match how to continue to do the thing that it wanted to do that we were able to block. Um, and so um, a good example of this is all the things that are happening in DC around the secure DC bill, right? So for those of us who've been here for the last eight or so years, seven, eight years, who helped with the NEAR Act, that was the Neighborhood Engagement Achieved Results Act, um, which was around addressing violence. Um, and so we were, it's almost like deja vu. So we're in a moment where all of the same people are saying all of the same things and are now reintroducing legislation that we defeated in the past. Um, and so what we know is we made a lot of gains. We turned the entire way. And when I say we, we supported, it was really headed, headed up by a Stop Police Terror Project. But we supported the effort in getting it written, getting it drafted, um, testifying to, to we, we defeated Mayor Bowser's crime bill. This bill that Pinto is introducing and has all the other bills is the exact legislation um, that was in play in 2015. Um, but we learned so much. We've learned that it takes narrative change when you're organizing. Um, narratives are the ways that people talk about and understand act, uh, issues and events. Um, they're the way that people will say, now we need more police. Um, and to justify that or to, to find someone to blame, they'll say, um, well, if we hadn't defunded the police, we would not be in this situation. When the facts are um, that that is disinformation, because the correct information when we break it down together is that Metropolitan Police Department was never defunded. That there was, there is a intentional um, conflation or them can, you know, 
trying to to make sure that we um, misunderstand what happened. Um, but that narrative is driving this legislation. It's driving money towards policing, um, even though our campaign was about addressing violence um, in ways that were data backed, um, but did not include in cases police. Um, yep. Uh, so when it comes to when you guys got together collectively, right? Because someone in the comments put in here, the first thing you said you have to come together collectively, right? Um, someone put in the comments, uh, coming together collectively, but being able to, to agree to disagree without egos and unnecessary foolishness and drama coming together and accountability strategy. How do you talk, as, uh, talk about organizing, but those things come into play that stops us from organizing? Absolutely. Um, and those are some of the things that we've learned, right? Um, and that's why it's important to do this collectively. Um, I think the first thing is to remember that people have been organizing successfully for hundreds of years, especially Black folks. So it can be done, right? And we learn, and part of the political education is to learn about what happened before us and to really understand so that we don't always make the same mistakes. So learning about Ella uh, Baker tells you a lot about what it means to be in principal struggle and to stay with it no matter how difficult it is, but to also learn the skills to make decisions that are based on principle and that are for the benefit of all Black people, not just an organization, not just who's in the room, right? And it sounds so much easier um, than it, um, in what it takes, um, but it's absolutely necessary. Win for the people if we can't do that in a winning way. Right. Like when we're organizing, we're organizing in the same way that we're building the world that we want to build. Right. So you have to lay out all of those things up front as an organizer. You have to know uh, who's involved. You don't have to agree on everything, but you have to decide what you do agree on. Those points of unity. Right. We don't agree on everything. I'm an abolitionist. But the people that we that we may work with, um, we have points of unity. That doesn't end everything, right? Um, because we we put it out there, so you have expectations. We both we all know what we are coming together on, right? So all of our actions together have to be in alignment with the things that we have agreed on, whether that's our political, um, whether that's our political stand or some strategy or. Uh, tactic we decided, right? And then you do have to decide, you have to understand what accountability is. Like we throw that word around. I've had to learn it both personal and organizational where you have to say, who are we accountable to? Because if we're not accountable to anybody, um, then that's basically not answering to anybody. We haven't told people, this is what we're going to do. Um, and we're accountable to you to do that. And so when we don't do that, you have to hold us accountable. Um, one of the things that makes that really difficult, and this is kind of with all the steps of organizing, is that it is not a muscle that we use naturally, right? Like being accountable, being able to say accountability is a gift because I'm, I am reaching out to you to, to hold, to allow you the space to be the person or the organization or the coalition you say you are, right? I'm reminding you, this is, we said we were gonna do those things um, and we're out of alignment, but here is an opportunity for us to get back there, right? Um, yeah. And accountability is not just two ways, right? We're accountable to ourselves. Like hopefully we're, this is part of an individual transformation as well. Um, we're accountable as organizers to each other for the same reasons. And we're accountable to the community for the same reasons and in the same way. It's not easy, but it's necessary. Um, and when it comes to um, when it comes to working together, um, wow. one of the things that gets lost a lot is like, why are we right? And to to be very clear about what that looks like. You can expect things from people that you did not tell them you're expecting, right? Yeah. We expect everybody's gonna show up for this meeting um, because 
if you don't show up to this meeting, we can't vote on this decision, which is going to put off this event, right? So we've set, if we haven't set the expectation and everybody hasn't agreed um, and expressed the agreement, then everybody is working based off of, I expected you to do this thing, but I never really told you that was the expectation. So being clear about expectations, about everything from um, people that you're organizing with, people that you're organizing, um, and um, because organizing is so much about building relationships, you cannot build real relationships without setting expectations, following them, accountability, being consistent, and being able to say when you're wrong. Like, none of this is something that we're born with, right? Organizing skills, some of them, especially as Black folks, we use them every day just to get through life. But others are learned. Right, like I think it took me a really long time to consider myself an organizer because when I started in DC, I was mostly organizing with like housing folks who at that time were mostly white. So using the words that they were using, not, I mean, I went to college, but using all of that was totally foreign to me, right? Um, and to be honest, it still is. I don't, I don't use those things, but I, when I was able to identify that what we were doing as, as tenants in a building, was organizing then you start to feel then you start to know that you can be empowered and you can build the skills of like talking to people listening active listening um so that you all are very clear about what is the problem there it was we wanted to buy our building how do you do that well we had to do a whole lot of education amongst ourselves to understand how that how that went um but all of these things are part of organizing. It is not to do organizing well. It takes commitment, capacity, and time, and communication. Um, because, so you, yep, go ahead. Tell me this so fast. How do you get, well, when you say, okay, so when you hold people accountable, when you tell people what you need from them, right? But then you might see only five people who you're able to spark a flame with. So you're like, okay, well, how do I organize to the point where I can get my message across? When it comes to organizing, is it done by, like, when you consider, like, organizing, is it, like, one or two people? Is it, like, five or ten people? Is it a hundred people? What is considered the definition of, like, organizing and how you how that starts off? Right. Like, I think, yeah, go ahead. Everyone's not consistent, right? And everyone's not going to single day so when that comes with organizing are we talking about like people who are doing the work every day or just the, like, like help me define that right and I think that's part of it's part of what is difficult to navigate but also beautiful right because it may just be you and me sitting at a table and saying like what's something easy the cars come down my street way too fast and there's no stop there's two of us and we say we want to do something about it. We're getting ready to organize once we start bringing people. So we are going to go find people who also are concerned with that thing, right? And ready to take action, right? That doesn't mean everybody on the block wants to at the same time, right? So it's our job to say, but to define what is the problem? Um, who else feels this way? Who else wants to put in work for that? And it doesn't necessarily happen in a specific order, right? But it's always around something you have a shared goal. The shared goal in that particular case is to get a stoplight or a stop sign, right? Um, and so, uh, but also when you're going through that process, things tend to build, but sometimes they fall, like you're saying, they fall off of people being interested or people being involved. Um, some of that is just the way the world works, but you have tools. And one of those is to ask people like regroup, like I haven't seen you at a lot of things, you know, what's, you know, what's going on. And this is part of, you need to be communicating with folks you're organizing with, checking in on people, building relationships. It could be something happening at home. It could be, um, or it could be just like, I don't feel engaged. I don't feel like my, um, like my voice is being heard. I don't feel like I get to make decisions or like all the powers with certain people, right? Um, and so part of that is 
also then we have to learn how to get our needs met to be able to ask for what we need, which is very difficult. And then we have to be able to learn how to listen to each other, right? And care. I care about why you're not coming um, because you were excited or you were interested. Um, and we could be doing something that we're just not on purpose, but we're not seeing, right? We're not creating a place for people that feels good, right? Like I have definitely done that, but in the moment, you don't see it, right? But if we don't communicate about it, um, there's not a way to fix that. And I think sometimes we do go past, we keep pushing, like, I guess they'll come or they won't. Um, and so that's one of the things is don't assume that it's always the, you can't always assume that's the other person, but um, also some people just need to step back for a minute for whatever reason. And that's not something that we should um, guilt or shame anything, anybody for, but definitely that communication. And a lot of times it just has to do with, again, expectation, communication. Someone might be like, I didn't get a chance to give my opinion on this. And maybe there was an email that they missed, or maybe um, somebody missed them when they came over to talk to them about it. Um, it could be as simple as that, or it could be like, hey, I could have done a better job at making sure that I got the information to you, right? But people need to feel like it's a place, not just feel like, people need to know that it's a place for them too, right? Like, get back. So what you're saying is that people need to be engaged or feel that they're a part of the solution. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but also that you create a culture where they feel like they can do that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I don't think I realize how much work and intention it takes to make sure that um, that's an option, you know, to make sure that it's an entire culture of doing that. Right. So there's a million ways to do that, which is like, don't have everybody doing the same thing all the time. Like if you're having meetings, don't make the same person always take the notes, shift around, have other people facilitate. Not only does it, it prevent burnout, but it also allows people to gain new skills, right? And mm -hmm. so coming there is there's a benefit, a personal, whatever community benefit to coming um, mm -hmm. because we're helping each other grow as well as working to build power for the things that we want to change. I think too much about that way too, when you're like delegating power out like that, is not having the responsibility on one person where someone's becoming like, oh my God, I'm always doing it because you're going to always person going to feel like that. Um, but I also think too, like you said too, one of the major things about is held accountable. We have to but I think also too, it takes time to do so, but we have to allow ourselves to hold each other accountable without getting offended. Yeah. And it's, and it's difficult. It takes a lot. Like it stings to hear that you're not doing something right. One is you, most of the time we didn't want to do that thing. We didn't want to, uh, we didn't want to isolate anybody. We didn't want to disrespect anybody. We didn't want to take away agency from somebody. Um, and so your immediate reaction sometimes is like being defensive. Um, so like, I, I will tell you as per, as a person who is, <laughs> can be very defensive, it's a relearning of how to sit with not everything is exactly an attack on you. It hurts, but you can say it hurt. I am sorry that I did this thing, you know, um, and be genuine because you really do feel that way. Um, we can apologize um, and apologize. Apologies can be like unequivocal. You can just say, I'm sorry, because you are. You don't have to add, well, this, well, that, well, this, well, that. And that doesn't mean that what you experience doesn't matter. It means that most of the time conflict, a lot of times has to do with us not acknowledging what the other person is either experiencing or saying, right? Um, and not doing it right then, right? Because if we don't address those things in our working together, um, the first thing that happens is it festers. It feels yes. deeper and deeper. You feel worse about it. Um, or the other person feels like this person just did this to me and you guys didn't say it either um and you don't have to have all the answers but you have to respond um and you may not always do it right but 
opting in to saying this is important in this community. I want to be this person, which means if I'm going to hold people accountable, I have to learn how to be held accountable, right? And it's much easier when you realize that accountability is a gift. It's an opportunity because I care about you. Because if I didn't care about you, I'm just going to call you out and cuss you out. That's very different than accountability. Accountability is really saying like, I want you, you said this is who you are. Like if we're friends, girl, you said you wanted to be, you wanted to be able to listen more and not cuss people out so fast, right? So if you do that, because I care about you, I'm going to say, hey, there's an opportunity here for you to pull that back in and be, you know, rise to who you said you wanted to be, right? Or, you know, even holding someone accountable, being like, you're doing too much and you said you're doing too much. So I'm going to lovingly say, is there something I can take off your plate? Or, you know, you don't have to take that on. It's okay for you to have a boundary, right? Um, and so once we start looking at not as a punishment, it's a lot easier, but it's hard. And I think it's okay to say that it, it hurts to be held accountable sometimes. Um, and um, I think that's okay too, right? Like you don't have to discuss that with that person because you don't want to diminish, you know, what it is they're telling you, you want to be engaged in that. But I think we have to be able to, to go full circle when that happens and build a culture of accountability. Because if we all are in a place where we've accepted accountability, it doesn't, it's not an, it's not an individual thing anymore. Like if y'all two are beefing, it affects all of us. I think it's crazy too how we are we say that we are like fighting for change to hold our government accountable, but then our own organization we won't hold ourselves accountable. And yep. because we hold ourselves accountable, we cannot organize effectively. And like you said at the very beginning, we're not we're not outnumbered. We are organized. That's really what it is. Um, I protests where they have what I call like pop up protests, right? Something that happened when Roe versus Wade happened. They was at D.C., you know it, like overnight in the yeah. back. I'm like, where y'all come from? They just, I mean, on the news and the next day, they were, they flooded downtown. So it's like, all right, y'all are really organized. They're really, really organized. So like I said, again, it's not about, we're just really out organizing. I think, again, when you said they get about building relationships, we, um, people say all the time about, oh, I'm not an organizer. Everyone's an organizer because this problem is everyone's problem. Yep. Um, but we have to build a relationship where you know somebody cares. You might have something going on at home and you can't come to the process. That don't mean you don't care. You right. might as really sick. But if you yep. don't know how we can't hold, we can't then pick up the weight from somebody else because we don't know because we're not building that relationship. We really care about each other. We got to get back to our community again. Right. And we have to realize that there are a million ways to add to the organizing. Like COVID, COVID is real, especially for our folks. There are things that need to be done that don't require you being there. I know a lot of people, protest is not their thing. I definitely don't go to protest as much as I did. I went to every single one when I first was organizing. But sometimes I will help write something or I will call people or I will organize my neighbors or something like that. But there's so much work that there is something for everybody to do. And so it's really important that we, like you said, we are having those conversations um, because, yeah, we, we have to know, you know, what's going on. If people don't feel supported, they're not, I, who goes somewhere where they're not supported? Not for long. Not only supported, but also they want to feel involved. Um, someone put in the comments too as well. People want to feel involved, you know, like, even especially like when you have, but I know I lost my loved one to the police and I'm going to an event and I feel like the event that I'm just in the space and the event is being held for these other people, but not for my loved one or not. I, not for the time, I'm not going to come back because I know it wasn't really purposeful for me or for my family. And this is for something else. Right. So it's like when I don't feel or and I know there's no any kind of like um, follow up with that particular event. I know I wasn't involved. So why am I even coming? And right. what I that is okay. So you know, you begin to say, okay, who's really organizing? So we can make it for like real change, right? And part of that is, you know, because I mean, all uh, oh, call them aunties, but uh, all my aunties uh know that like I will lift up folks wherever we are, right. but I'm also very clear that we tend to organizers tend to pick 
one person um, who's lost. And, and this is not the fam I'm not talking about families and friends. I'm talking about organizers on the outside. Um, and we forget to upload, to, to uplift the issue, right? Because we want to talk about this is policing. Oh yeah, it's MPD's fault if it happens at Central Cell Block. You damn right because they took. But people aren't, you know. But we have to continue to to fill those gaps of information of always saying we are here for this. But please understand that this is a, you know, and I and I tend to feel like as a community, when it happens, we have some accountability in doing what we can to stop it from happening again and to force repair for what it does to families and to the community, right? We can do both at the same time, but we also have to remember that we're looking out for folks who have lost and trying to lessen the number by dismantling the systems that cause it and allow to happen, right? right. Um, and we do that in the name and in the memory of everyone right um and it is really important right i i feel like when we as organizers need to remember when we're uplifting a lost loved one it is in a lot of ways and i'm not speaking like i know but it can be in a lot of ways keeping that person alive Ooh. is that you are not for like the world they still exist in this world right you hear when you hear when you're at an event, you could be at your lowest point because you could have had a horrible day. But to know that person that they give out your loved one makes you want to move forward the next day. When yeah. you're at an event and you think somebody has forgot about you, when you go home, you're in that same space. So how can you continue to fight? You know right. what I'm saying? Fight. That empowers people. People can't forget that. That gives people that power to, you know, hey, I'm doing this for a reason. You know, people want to be seen. That's the real thing or not because that you don't ever get that whole media attention. So they're like, okay, hey, you get that one opportunity. Hey, don't get a baby's name. That's a real thing, April. You hit it on the nose. Absolutely. I mean, you'll go to, you know, it's one of the things we did in 2020. You got hundreds of thousands of people in the streets um, for George Floyd. It's the same thing that happened with Philando Castile. And at the same time, all of the moms from D.C., Maryland, Virginia, who have lost loved ones to uh, state violence, no one even knows their names. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, sometimes as organizers, we have to interrupt even other organizers. And so we would hand out either a link or a list and be like, you have, if you're going to be here, you have to say the names. Absolutely. Because, um, yeah, and that's part of being accountable. We're accountable to the people that we organize on behalf of, too. Right? right definitely um and so yeah and that's i mean sometimes you got to write a list of all the people you're accountable for and what does accountability look like if we say that we support families then here are the different ways we do it right when we make a commitment we made a commitment over a few years in in um coalitions that we were in that we would always uplift we would remember to uplift um the system as well as the individuals impacted by the system, right? Because otherwise it's too easy for people to also um, to uh, discount that person because they start seeing these things as an, as a one-off, as um, you know, isolated incidents. And it is not, it is a continuation of a machine of, of the state of black death, right? And we have to be able to say, that this, these are the most recent events in a series, a long series and lineage of this country. Of this country. Um, and we can't afford to organize in ways that aren't targeted at systems, at the systematic level, right? right. Um, because once we do that, we are saying, if I am against mass incarceration, then there's all those things that fall under that, right? So then I am talking about Jamal, right? Because if you're only talking about one kind of state violence, you uh, you don't understand the, the connections between yep. the police that we're asking for 
them right. and their discretion over what they stop, what they stake out and stop and stop people for. Who is accountable at the jail? Why are so many? Why is this happening so often? And where are the holes that people don't even know about when it comes to finding out what happened? Because those people aren't accountable. So no. if we don't talk about the beginning to the end, and we haven't done our political education to understand what should and shouldn't have happened, even if it's their laws, how do we fight a system, right? Everybody will start over every time that we lose someone at the jail, instead of saying, what happened? We have, an, we have, a, we have a duty to continue to connect the dots. And these are strategies and tactics, and these are those, those um, points of unity that we have to be for real about, right? That we have said we are against mass incarceration. We are against the carceral system. And we have done the political education to understand what all of those things are. So no, we don't stop at, well, it's okay if they do drug-free zones because we really need that. Then you're not fighting mass incarceration. But you can't do that analysis without organizing, without having political education as part of your organizing. It's the same thing with Palestine. Very easy to say it has nothing to do with us, but it absolutely does. City Council of DC is supporting it. Our money goes to there and our police train with the idea. So there is no way that we can't understand that it's the same systems here funded by the same people because Israel funds a lot of our surveillance stuff um, that are surveilling black folks in DC neighborhoods, in Maryland neighborhoods, in VA neighborhoods, right? So there is not a way that we can move through the space to make change without understanding the systematic um, components of all of this. And that means for everybody. So when I say for everybody, I mean, you can't be fighting for black liberation, black freedom, and somehow think you're gonna leave out LGBTQIA plus folks, right? But if you haven't done the political education to understand how patriarchy works, how heteronormativity works for all of us, right? These are things that impact all of us, then that's another system. We're not actually fighting in a way that allows us to win. And that comes from political education. It comes from building relationships, right? We're in coalition. We're all in court. We're, we need to be in as many coalitions as we can be right now because that's what's going to take for 2024. We need to understand how to do coalitions in a community-based way. Everybody on your coalition should not be a paid organizer because that is not a space that people who are not feel comfortable in. So, 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 April. Mm -hmm. um, and we got we got to definitely have you come back, right? <laughs> um, what is one step that each person listening to us tonight, because we're all in this fight, we, we have determined that we want to build a system to fight the system that causes our loved ones to end up, you know, not here anymore. So we want to fight that system. We want to dismantle that system. And we want accountability for those love for our loved ones, all of them that right. have been lost. So yeah. what what one thing that we what, that we can do to uh, educate ourselves politically right. to prepare ourselves to do this work that sounds like it's not a a, a sprint. It's more like a Woo. maximum mar marathon. <laughs> yes, a steady march. <laughs> um, I would say. Uh, find an organization, go to an event, even if it's just online, listen to a podcast. Um, I can um, follow up on, put some posts in um, on the page. Um, you can, folks can also join our listserv, the BLM listserv, because I'm trying to put everybody from all the different organizations events on there. Um, Harriet's Wildest Dreams, they also have once a week, they have everybody's organ, they have everybody's events. So go to an event um, and you can do it virtually. Again, COVID is real. Um, there are so many great podcasts. Um, and I would say, um, whatever you do, don't be clear that what you want is not the mainstream thing. 
Um, so for example, like with Palestine, you need to go watch Al Jazeera or something. Like open your horizons to something new that is not necessarily mainstream. Mainstream, mm -hmm. Main, mainstream, mainstream lame media, right? Right. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So okay. we can we can educate ourselves. My my point in asking that is that we can do some of this work ourselves, and then when we come together, yep. you know, be more cohesive, more synergy because we've done some of this education on our own, and we bring new things, right? Like the more we reach out, the more we bring to to each other. Um, Cause it can be a very small organizing place or it can be a very small neighborhood that, you know, we find ourselves in. So the more experiences and ages and everything, abilities, all of those things, um, the better our, the better our organizing is. Well, everyone has the ability to organize, right? Absolutely. Even no one's expected to do, to do the exact same thing as you express. We all have the ability to organize. Um, I think it's may it may start small and then come like super big. It may stay small, but it has to be started somewhere. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Roxanne, what points tonight, Roxanne? Y'all, um, so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. sitting over here taking notes. I'm a, I'm taking. <laughs> Look, I was like, yeah. I was trying to set the time. I'm like, I was talking because like, woohoo! I wasn't even ready, bitch. I'm realizing <laughs> yeah. that. I yeah, can't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even realize how how um the hour is far spent. <laughs> right, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think these the conversations like I said today are important to have because, like I said, we can't move forward for change on a systemic level at all without or, or like understanding how to organize. Um, we like to do like pop up events a lot of times. I want to call it, you know, but it has mm -hmm. no. It might have the and, it, and uh, that is weighing on the heart also. Because when you are a mom um, and you're, you're looking forward to going to this event and you're like, you get here to go to the event or whatnot, but it's only organized for that event. But the nothing, there's, there's, it's like nothing, there's, not, no, there's no substance behind there's no it. Right? Yeah, right. there's no follow on. It's at all. That's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And what I'm learning is that that's because of organizing. People can organize for it like an event in itself. When it comes mm -hmm. to like educating ourselves as far as like politics are concerned, legislation and like the government we don't do that we just more so we like we just it falls off and again you don't if you don't want to get into it that's fine find a friend who is gonna get into it to tell you what's going on exactly mm -hmm. exactly yep mm -hmm. hey it's been really really great talking with you tonight definitely appreciate it yeah. thank yes. you guys thank you for having me yeah we're gonna have you come back but you know let me know okay <laughs> Because I, I think this is a is a rich conversation and it's so layered and we want to take our time. We don't want to rush and say, okay, yeah, you told us all that. Let's get to the part where, you know, where we actually do something, where, you know, but, but, but understanding that this is a very strategic, mm -hmm. right, um, process that we have to go through and it takes what? Work. A whole lot of work. Mm-hmm. I heard you say that loud and care. Community, unity, and work. Yep. The text and work. we all, just like Latoya said, we all can do something. We all can organize. If you if you know, if, if protesting, going out in the streets, going out in them streets ain't your thing, you can send emails, you can make phone calls. Everybody can do something. Ooh. Do yeah. something. Mm -hmm. Do something. And accountability. And I, and I heard the word accountability. I say all the time, we cannot ask to hold the government accountable I want to hold our own. Mm -hmm. We all know already what I've learned in the last few years. We can't organize because we do a lot of infighting. And we fight against each other. Take that same energy you got to fight against your brother on the government. Use that energy. Right. Let's try to use that over there or not. Build that strong foundation so the foundation can stop cracking, you guys. Let's get on the right track for 2024. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. We are, we're definitely stronger together. Yeah. We're stronger together. And like you said, we come from a legacy of being stronger together. Uh, other other organizations who do, do do this now, they do this organizing, they got it from us. Yeah. So we just have we just need to remember, you know, and maybe call on our ancestors to help us remember what Absolutely. we are capable of. We are capable of doing dismantling this this stuff. We Absolutely. are. We absolutely are, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. All right. I'm, I'm with that. I'm I'm complete. Uh, uh, hey, thank y'all so much. I'm back on thank again. Um, again, make sure y'all. We're gonna have this episode also on our channel as well, so you can go like and write this down as far as notes are concerned. We're gonna add you back again as well to kind of go more in detail about what it means. To, not necessarily. I would say more so how to organize. Yeah, it's that. But organizing is right. Yeah. So I would say the next call will be about how to organize because you got to actually understand what organizing is before you do it, right? Yep. So I had a more like a clear understanding of what organizing is. I know I do. Um, just like I said, again, being accountable, communicating, listening. Oftentimes we listen to respond and not to hear. So sometimes yep. we hear and not respond. Sometimes we even got to respond, right? Because mm -hmm. we don't need to have an opinion. Listen to hear sometimes without responding. So we got to get better as community taking care of each other so we yep, can't yep. fight to fight the system. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again for joining us, April. Thank you. Appreciate and, it. Yes. And this has been uh, Life After the Impact. And as we always say, find out how you can get involved. Right, Go Good join night. an organization. Good night. Good night. You can do it too. We have a visual of what we think um, an elected official is supposed to look like, where they're supposed to come from, their educational background that they're supposed to have. And I am here to tell you that you can do it too. And we absolutely need you. If you want to do the work, you got a heart for the people and you're willing to get in there and 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 be that voice, be bold. And and like uh, Jaleesa said, stand your 10 toes down because sometimes you might have to stand by yourself and still be courageous and bold enough to do that, knowing that God will sustain you and keep you in that decision. You can do it too. I didn't think, and honestly, I didn't ask to be in this space, to be doing this thing, but it's necessary. Remember why you chose to serve the people, but at the end of the day, if I can do it, you can do it too. And we need you. We need you. Everybody can do something that you don't have to sit home and feel helpless and hopeless. We gotta stop loud people to talk about our power. That's the main thing. Can't change overnight, but we gotta start somewhere. Might as well go ahead and start here. We didn't.